Welcome to the 6am club. The 6am club when early birds are just starting their day or when strippers are finally leaving work. Hi, I'm Gemma Rose. Join me on my drive home after work. Listen to my tales from the night and other wider industry issues we face as strippers. Hey everybody, I'm just popping in to say that this is a two-parter today because you can't say I don't treat you. <laughs> So I hope you enjoy this two-in-one episode for today. I just found that the second half was too short to be an episode in its own right. I wanted to give you a bit more value for your listening time. And I also found that actually the two episodes themes really fitted together quite well um, to make an overarching theme for the episode. So it made sense to have them together and a little bit of a longer listen for you today for those of you that are enjoying the longer episodes so yeah let's get into it i hope you enjoy it see you later tonight i'm at the same club as last week the one that i used to work at quite a lot a while back but had a bit of a break and now i'm here again it was super bad money wise not just for me but for all of the dancers on tonight i traveled quite far to work here and it really sucks like when you don't even cover your basic expenses i did three dances in total tonight which is 60 pounds after commission that's about 35 pounds and that doesn't even cover my petrol. It was just so quiet. I think there's, you know, a stereotype that strip clubs are all like the big American show clubs. And even that's not super true for America a lot of the time either. I feel like a lot of the stereotypes are based off of a glamorized version and glamorized portrayals in the media like in film and stuff and it's just not like that especially coming back after covid and the rapid decline in popularity of strip clubs in the uk club nowadays are mostly dead like that is the vibe mostly super super quiet and you've often got more dancers than you do customers that's just the way that it is now. It's so quiet. And, you know, this is why you try and treasure every single customer that comes in through that door. And it's almost a race to see who gets to that person first. So yeah, there weren't that many people in tonight at all, that's for sure. I did dance for a really sweet farmer boy it's his first ever time and as I've said before, I really enjoy the first timers. 
I really do enjoy those new experiences for somebody else, but not much money to be made there. Even though farmers are raking it in <laughs> and they work all the time, so what better way to spend the hordes of cash than here? This farmer clearly wasn't in the splashy mood tonight, so that's disappointing. I do remember actually in this same club we had a bunch of farmer agricultural workers who came in. I think there were like seven, eight, maybe even nine of them and they all went for a private dance with just me in the VIP and yeah they made this big circle and I was just dancing a little bit for each one and putting on a show for all of them and that was so much fun um so yeah the farmers definitely have the money but this guy just didn't want to go there <laughs> i then danced with someone else at the end of the night who was just traveling up for the weekend because he sings in wedding bands so that's pretty cool but yeah only one dance i had a pretty frustrating interaction with a client and you know, especially when nights are slow, my patience is just running so thin and it has been running thin, thin generally for a while now. It's something I'm really trying to break myself out of. You know, I've been in the industry for a pretty long time now. Like, I'm almost six years in and I'm just tired. I see workers who are still in the industry for double my time and I'm always in awe. Like, how have you not committed murder at this point? <laughs> Six years is no easy feat. The job breaks plenty of people before this point and I get it. Like, this job is only designed for the hardiest of people. You could be the sanest human and this job will still, still drive you mad. With my mental health being quite volatile, I don't know how much more I can take. I had a crash earlier this year, one of the lowest points I've ever been at. I can't say that it wasn't related to this job, although the work doesn't exactly help things. When you're constantly being triggered, not making money, being assaulted in a variety of different formats, there's only so much you can take. Most dancers who have been around for a decade or more have taken a step back at points, but there are a few wild ones who have worked the whole way through and I'm in absolute awe and just totally bewildered. Like, how do you stay sound of mind in this work? I'd say I haven't cracked it, but I guess I am approaching vet territory, so I must be doing something right? Maybe none of us are okay, but it's knowing and accepting that that keeps us here all that bit longer. Who fucking knows? I'll, I'll let you know when I've cracked the code. <laughs> I don't think customers pick up on my fatigue for the most part, but you know, you do get asked the same questions again and again. And 
it's not even the small talk that gets me. Like, sure, we can go over my name, my fake real name, my other real fake name, and my age and where I come from and what I do for work, even though this is my fucking job. We can go over those more low impact, repetitive questions, that's fine. But it's the super repetitive ones that are like, related to the job and often related to the stigma of the job as well questions like do you have a boyfriend what do your parents think of this why are you doing this it's those kinds of questions that really trigger me and frustrate me i don't like to answer them but I will more often than not play along because that's the name of the game, innit? But they do really annoy me. I'm kind of at my wits end. You know, I just don't have the patience to play along with that kind of bullshit. And so this customer is really pushing my buttons. One of my biggest pet peeves is when customers basically say you're not worth it. But like, get over it, babe. The strip club is a luxury. If you can't afford the price of at least one dance, don't come in. You know, it's 20 pounds minimum for a dance. That's how it is. And no, you don't get sex for that. Like get with it or get out. Obviously I would never be as direct as that. Unless someone's being super rude to me, which they obviously have been in the past. It, it does feel quite good when you can get in there with your claws and just, you know, break the fantasies to such an extent that people are so shocked that oh my god she's not playing games um you know let me drop this porcelain mask of beauty and show you the monster that lurks beneath because i will bite if you're mean to me i will bite i will show you how what i really think about you and yeah you know if you're not paying me like i might just come at you so yeah you've been warned <laughs> but yeah this guy has just come back from benedorm and he was bragging about how gorgeous all the women are and how he had sex with a full service worker for 80 pounds out there and look you can't even get 10 minutes here for 80 pounds and it's just like well go to a brothel then or just don't come here don't come in it's so frustrating. Customers want to compare the strip club to different levels of services and especially in different countries as well. And he's like, it's just not worth it. Like, you're gorgeous, but you're not you're not worth that. I'm so worth every penny or more. If you don't see that, that's fine. Like, your opinion at the end of the day. But I know that the service I provide and me as a person, I'm so worth 80 pounds and more. Like, let's not even, let's not get it twisted. Let's not even argue about it. Like, I know that for a fact. Then something happens on the club's behalf. I have decided I'm not going to speak about this in this public format because I really feel if I say this and this club catches wind of the specific thing that I have to say, they're not gonna like that and I will never be able to work at this place again. 
Um, I'm getting to the point where I feel like some of the things that happen to me, especially when pointing out specific people in specific clubs, I don't feel like I can talk about all of this. I'm, I already push it with what I'm saying on this podcast and I feel like I'm a bit on borrowed time. I'm still going to speak my heart and say what I want to say, but there's some things where there is a line for me. I feel like maybe this would be good for bonus Patreon content um, because, you know, people who actually want to support me are going to be the only people who actually sign up to that. Um, And I think it would be very extreme for a club to subscribe to my podcast patreon like they're not gonna do that so i feel like i need to have a more private space where i can share some of the higher level bullshit that i haven't talked about and i want to talk about um this isn't me announcing that i have a patreon yet but this is me saying there is more than meets the eye with some of these things especially in past episodes like i haven't gone into some detail about some things and I never will about some things because I think some things should be kept private um you know I'm laying everything out there in the most authentic way that I can but there's some things that I never want anybody to know and that's my right that's my prerogative and you know that's me trying to protect the human in me there are, however, some things I really do want to talk about and I'm sad that I can't share this specific story because I think it's fucking wild, but I'm also not going to jeopardise my job more than I already am. So, not announcing there's going to be a Patreon, but hey, let me know if this is something that you would like, somewhere where I can just speak uncensored. Um, and not see the repercussions of having it on a public platform like this. (laughs) But anyway, something did happen. It happened on a club level and it basically tanked my sale completely with this guy. Like, I'm playing the game with him. I'm pulling out all of the stops to try and convince him to take me for a dance with him. And the club does something which jeopardizes it to the extent where he doesn't even want to be here anymore and he fucking leaves like he could have been my one who you know paid more than my petrol money for the night i've never had a club block me in this kind of way before i've had managers cock block me when they think a customer's too drunk which I understand, like, the club doesn't want to having the, the club doesn't want to have to deal with phone calls the next day from an angry customer who spent way too much money. But at the same time, I'm like, look at where they are. A lot of clubs will make customers sign a form to say that they are aware of what they are doing and they consent to the purchase and the service. So that does give clubs an extra layer of protection so i get frustrated when clubs cock block me like that and you know it takes away both of our money but it's especially my money (laughs) i really really hate it it's so annoying and it just 
yeah, what happened with me and this customer on the club's behalf really cut the interaction dead between us. And he wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, he was a knob, but he wasn't um, breaking any rules. He wasn't doing anything wrong in the slightest. And he was picking up what I was putting down, which I was also allowed to do. Um, and, yeah, he just was so pissed off and upset by what happened. And, understandably, that he just left. Uh, I'm not saying he was a good guy, but he didn't deserve what had happened and yeah like I say he could have been my one customer and he got basically chased off by the club so that's great I'm just leaving feeling very disheartened and I'm not able to work the full weekend because I have other commitments this is my only club night this week to make my money and I've failed and that's just how it is I've said before about this being a gambling job, and it really is. People think we make ridiculous money every night, and being a stripper is being a baller, and like we make all this money, and some nights we do. Some nights we really fucking don't though, like shit tonight. This shift is dry as the fucking Sahara Desert. I can't believe I shaved for this. I haven't even covered my basic expenses. And this isn't even the worst night I've ever had. I've had some nights where I'm in minus. Can you imagine? I was talking about trigger questions earlier. One we get asked almost every night is oh god, you must be rolling in it, how much do you make? And like, it's not an appropriate question to ask. It's so inappropriate. We don't go around asking strangers this question, so why would you ask a stripper? It's so rude. And it's based on the assumption that our jobs are continuously lucrative, and almost like there's some kind of guarantee to it. And it really disregards the precarity of our jobs. And it's the complete ignorance when it comes to understanding the workings of the job. The fact that we have to pay a house fee. The fact that we don't get a base wage. The fact that the club takes commission on top of what we earn as well. The fact that we don't receive, wrongly don't receive, any benefits such as sick pay, holiday pay, nothing like that. Like, if we're sick, that's it. You know, we're not, we're not getting paid. It's not understanding the socio-economics of the club as well, especially post-Covid. There are more dancers than ever, so it's an even more competitive environment than it used to be. You've got new workers joining the industry every day. Some, due to the false stereotype, they think it's going to be banging, or people are joining because of economic issues. Many people are having to work two jobs just to survive in this climate. Stripping is an option of a perceived path out of poverty. This means that the ratio of dancers to customers is so out of whack. 
there's always way more dancers than there are customers not only because of the oversaturation of workers but also because you've got less customers coming in than ever before the customers that are coming in are spending less and less money we are on the brink of a recession and yet people still think we're rolling in it you have some new workers keep joining the industry because of this this widespread misconception it lures new people into the industry who don't know what they're getting themselves into and not only not understanding the content behind the job and the effect that this kind of job has on you it, the kind of lifestyle that this job dictates you have but also not always properly getting compensated or compensated at all for it some other new workers are joining out of financial hardship and this is the same reason why customers aren't spending it's a terrifying feedback loop of doom it's wild you know absolutely wild I can't remember what I was saying before I started ranting but yeah that's a stupid question that really pisses me off like how much do you make and it's just so rude to ask complete lack of awareness lack of education and total obliviousness to our position in our job I mean what do you want out of that question how do you want me to answer that like oh yeah i make so much money you wouldn't believe it i quite like to answer that question with how much you spent that's how much i've made like how much have you spent oh zero fucking pounds well i've made zero pounds and like look around you there's no fucking body here you're the only person in right now how can you think we're making bank just because the prices on the wall say what they do doesn't mean people are spending it or we get people in to even fucking look at it it astounds me that people think we are making consistently shit tons of money when they can see around them how quiet it is how many dancers there are it's just really soul destroying yeah i don't know where i was going with that i'm tired this job sucks sometimes but hey do you know what i'd still rather be doing this than a nine to five i'll take the flexibility in spite of the precarity because like with my health and stuff it does mean i can take time out so i'm super lucky that i get to do that a normal job just wouldn't afford me the same level of freedom that this one does. I know that I would be in an even worse place mentally if I had a stand more more of a standard job. I am grateful for that. This is the flavour of torture I pick. <laughs> Give me chaos. Hi all, this is me coming in with just a little intermission. Thank you so much for listening to part one. Part two is coming up right away. I just wanted to use this time as a little break to say thank you so much for everybody's support so far with your interaction and with you even just listening. 
I really appreciate anybody who shares the podcast, whether that be on socials or whether that be you messaging your friends thinking, yeah, do you know what? Listening to Gemma ranting is pretty fun. (laughs) Um, I don't know why you think it's fun, but thanks. (laughs) Um, uh, As always, I'm very grateful for any support in the form of sharing my stuff If you ever feel like supporting me financially, I always graciously accept any tips, whether that be on my buy me a coffee, cash app, DM me for my PayPal, however you want to show your appreciation is um, really respected. I don't expect money out of this at all and if you are just a listener, that is quite okay and I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, any financial um, reward is very much appreciated too. Um, So yeah, it helps me keep doing what I'm doing and it may support me to um, put out some bonus content and dedicate some of my attention to that. So yeah, I'm going to stop shamelessly self-promoting now, let you get back to part two, enjoy the rest of the episode. Another day, another non-dollar. I've barely got anything to say about tonight because it was so deathly quiet. You could pretty much hear the flies buzzing around the club, not even joking. Yeah, I had one 15 minute VIP and I was the top earner. So it was that quiet. I'm very lucky I even had that one dance. There were so many of us working tonight and, you know, it's a Wednesday. I think the club was expecting it to be really busy because it's freshers week. But yeah, here we are. We maybe saw four customers come in and not all of those customers were spending. So another night and I'm parched as fuck. The one customer I did have was half Algerian. So we got to speak French, which was really nice. I think that's the only reason I got that VIP. Yay for my French degree coming in. I do love it when I can like surprise people with my languages. I have quite a few of them. That's always really fun, especially because there's the really wrong stereotype that strippers are dumb. Like, strippers are some of the most intelligent people I know. Not that we need papers to prove it, but there are so many strippers who are doctors, they have PhDs, or they have like typical high-flying careers in law and medicine and yeah it infuriates me that there's this portrayal that we are dumb because we are so crazy intelligent especially in this line of work you need so many varying skills to be able to do this job and do it well only a smart person could do this It really sucks that sex work isn't a protected characteristic when applying for jobs outside of the industry. 
you know these so-called feminists who want to take us out of this work but then where do we go from there <laughs> it's so hard to get a job with a cv gap during sex work if you have an online presence or you're an online worker you're pretty much fucked you know it's a shame we can't actually use this on a cv as a legitimate career if you took the skills of what this job entails it's a no-brainer for a company to hire you we're so resilient we're so intelligent and you have to be a true salesperson at heart and some of those characteristics are really useful in standard jobs super frustrating but yeah like I'm glad I'm getting some use out of my degree and my 60k's worth of student debt isn't all for nothing. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. My French teacher would be so proud of me right now. Not. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about this particular guy. I don't really feel like talking about the varying degrees of sexual assault I endured with him. All for what 40 50 odd quid the rest of the night i was just talking to one of my really good friends and that was so lovely it does make the time go a lot quicker you know you're literally sat around for hours doing nothing and you just feel like you're a part of the furniture at that point so to be able to share it with a friend and you're not doing it on your own chatting about deep stuff chatting about life you know we're in this boat together especially on shit nights we can give each other company and make the night not feel like a total waste even when i'm having nights like this where i've walked away with far less than minimum wage bearing in mind I've had to pay a house fee and I came in later so I had to pay an even higher house fee than usual. After petrol I've ended up making nothing. You have to find the positives in nights like this. I keep coming back and I keep doing this job for a reason. You've got to maintain a positive frame of mind and you know next time is going to be better next time is going to be different and even if that isn't next time then the time after that or the week after that or the month after that you've got to keep your chin up and keep moving it's so easy to get disheartened and frustrated but yeah that's just that's just what the game is and you've got to be in it to win it you've got to work the shifts to see the results this all sounds a little bit toxic positivity bullshit but i've got to get through this all somehow and if gaslighting myself is the only way then that's what i'll do maybe i'm deluded no, I, I don't think I'm gaslighting myself. I may be trapped in a Groundhog Day-like loop, but I know what the problems are. I see them. I'm talking to you about them, but it's good to keep the spirits up and 
doing what you can with your time in the club even if it isn't productive in the way you would like it necessarily like actually making money <laughs> you know it's a good time for me to catch up on my admin but tonight i'm just i'm just so tired i'm essentially double shifting as it is because i've done a long day at the studio teaching and i've come to the club afterwards so i really didn't want to do any more work other than strip work so just to sit and talk to my friend made it not feel like a total waste of time <laughs> let's hope for a better weekend ahead i'm aware that stereotypes exist for a reason without them how do we conceptualize the world around us with infinite possibilities and experiences, we have to make assumptions based on the information available to us. Stereotypes, however, are often wrong. They do not capture the depth or complexities lurking underneath a surface level perception. There are quite a few stereotypes around strippers as I've talked about today, including we are rich. We are dumb. We all conform to patriarchal beauty standards. We are mean. We are nymphomaniacs. Okay, that last one is true for me, but most of these are not true for all of us. But then without these assumptions, would our industry even exist? Is breaking down the walls of perception ruining the fantasy to the point where we don't have a client base anymore? I would argue educating people ushers in a new generation of alternative clients who are more clued up and more respectful. However, for the average cishet man who make up the majority of our higher spending clientele, does talking about all of this so openly in the way that I do drive them away? I know I have at least a few clients who listen to this. It hasn't stopped you guys and I don't want it to stop you. Please keep coming and supporting me or supporting the dancers who are your favourites. I just question if I'm doing the right thing sometimes. If I speak candidly and give people a reality check? Does that render my services less enjoyable? Am I cauterizing my income and other dancers in the industry by myth busting? I do think this is how we move forward though. The stereotypes that exist are damaging to us on a personal level and a societal level. The longer we hide in the dark, the longer it will take for a revolution to come. We need to see an improvement in the way we are treated by clubs, clients and society. We need to say, see a change in our rights, in law and policy. For these reasons, I can't stay silent. If we are ever to shed the stigma, the stereotypes need to go with it too. I'm going to end today's episode on a really cool quote from Cinnamon Babe in her song Loose which you should absolutely go to listen to if you haven't already. It is a sex worker banger. And she says, 
your perspective is not my reality. I think that's true for most of us. Thanks for listening today, folks. Thank you so much for keeping me company on my drive home this morning. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the 6am club. Do let me know what you think. You can drop me a message on Instagram at the 6am club pod. My personal Insta is at Gemma Rose Pole. If you can submit a review, please give me a cheeky five stars. Spread the word about the podcast to your people so more folks can learn about this. You can email me with questions or comments as well to the 6am club podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to speaking to you on my next journey home.